Welcome back. I'm Dr. Shauna Shapiro, and I'm delighted to be here with you. Let's begin by simply arriving here together. Just as we've done before, allow your eyes to close. And just gathering your attention into the body, into this moment. Take a moment to wiggle your toes and feel your feet. See if you can begin to soften the body. Soften the jaw. Soften the eyes and the forehead. Letting the whole body rest as we gather our resources. Bringing kindness and curiosity and your full attention. And then inviting in your intention. Why are you here? What's most important? It's so important that we begin each session by remembering, oh yeah, I want to cultivate self-compassion. This is important in my life. So setting your intention and then taking a few deeper breaths in and out just to arrive. Feeling gratitude for yourself, for getting here, for beginning. And then as you're ready, letting some light come back in through the eyes and stretch your arms above your head and we'll begin. Hopefully, you've been continuing to practice self-compassion. But if you found it a bit challenging, I want you to know that you're not alone. Even though the research is clear, self-compassion is good for you. It reduces depression and anxiety and stress. It increases our happiness, our resilience, our performance. As I mentioned, when I suggest self-compassion as a practice, people often balk. They're afraid that it will make them weak or that it'll let them off the hook for their mistakes and they'll lose their motivation to change. These fears are understandable, but they're based in fiction, not fact. I want to talk to you about a few of the biggest roadblocks to self-compassion. The first is the belief that if we don't criticize ourselves for failing to live up to our expectations, we'll lose our motivation to change. Science shows the opposite. Self-compassion provides the optimal environment for motivation and learning. Research shows that people with higher self-compassion are better and more effective leaders and more productive in their companies. Another common fear is that self-compassion is selfish. Many people conflate self-compassion with selfishness. Yet once again, research shows the opposite is true. Professors at the University of Austin, Texas, recruited more than 100 couples who'd been in a romantic relationship for a year or longer. They found that self-compassionate individuals were described by their partners as being more caring, more accepting, more respectful, than their self-critical counterparts. This is interesting. The more compassionate you are with yourself, 
the more compassionate you are with others. Our body understands this truth. Our heart, the single most important muscle in our body, pumps blood to itself first before sending it out to the rest of the body. Far from being selfish, the heart is wise and knows that it's necessary to take care of itself first. When we are able to give ourselves care and support, we have more emotional resources available to help others. Another misconception is that self-compassion will make us self-indulgent, that we'll become couch potatoes who eat Oreos all day long and never exercise. This couldn't be further from the truth. Research shows that self-compassionate people have better health behaviors than non-self-compassionate people. They get more exercise, they practice safer sex, they eat more healthfully. And yet, research shows that self-compassion releases us from the shame and self-judgment that often undermine our best intentions to make healthy choices. When we care about ourselves, we are more likely to take care of ourselves. Another mistake that people often make is that they think self-compassion will let us evade responsibility and ignore the consequences of our actions. But far from letting ourselves off the hook, self-compassion creates a place of safety where we are able to squarely face our negative qualities without undermining our self-worth. We can reflect on them and objectively evaluate why they exist. This makes us better equipped to evaluate and learn from our mistakes and to make amends. For example, researchers at the University of California, Berkeley, asked students to recall a recent action they felt guilty about, such as cheating on an exam, lying to a friend, or saying something harmful. Then, each student received one of three instructions. The first, to write to themselves for three minutes from the perspective of a compassionate and understanding friend. The second, to write about their positive qualities, and the third was to write about a hobby they enjoyed. Later, the students were interviewed. Students who wrote to themselves from the perspective of a compassionate friend were more likely to apologize for their actions and more committed to not repeating their behavior. By acknowledging our failures with compassion, we become more aware of ourselves and we remember our inherent values. This allows us to learn from our mistakes and take responsibility for them. A final yet pervasive misgiving is that self-compassion will make us weak or passive. To the contrary, self-compassion is one of our most powerful sources of strength and resilience, especially during hard times. For example, research shows that soldiers returning from Afghanistan who were taught self-compassion, had lower levels of post-traumatic stress disorder. Self-compassion makes us more resilient during difficult times. So now that you've been reassured that self-compassion will not make you weak or self-indulgent or let you off the hook for mistakes you've made, I want to invite you to practice. One of the most powerful ways to learn self-compassion is to practice treating yourself as you would treat a dear friend facing a similar challenge. Sit comfortably and allow your eyes to close 
and call to mind something that needs your attention, something you're struggling with. It could be a mistake you made or a difficult situation with a friend. Feel your breath, feel your body, and allow yourself to actually feel the pain of it. Notice any judgments or thoughts or reactions. And now imagine if it was a dear friend coming to you with this same struggle. What would you say to them? How would you respond? Notice how your perspective begins to change. Imagine how you would treat this person who you care about, who you love. You might notice your entire body shifting, your heart softening, as you feel your natural compassion and care for a friend who is struggling. And as you're ready, see if you can offer this same care to yourself. See if you can gently place a hand on your heart. Notice how it feels to offer yourself this gesture of self-care. For some, it might feel strange and uncomfortable to bring this kindness to yourself. It might even bring up sadness. For some, it will feel comforting right away. Don't worry about how it feels. Simply planting the seed of kindness. Allow yourself to feel however you feel. The key is to continue to create this pathway of kindness toward yourself. Can you receive 5% more self-compassion? 5% more tenderness toward yourself? See if you can breathe in your own care, being on your own team, your own inner ally. And know that this is a practice. It's not about perfect. The key is to plant these seeds and trust that they will grow. So silently offering yourself words of comfort, I'm here. I care. Again, just notice how this feels. And then bring your attention to the beating of your own heart. See if you can feel that pulse, that aliveness, as the heart sends oxygen and nutrients to every cell in your body. Feel how your heart is taking care of you how it knows exactly what to do. See if you can receive this nourishment. And when you're ready, you can place your hand back in your lap and just take a few deeper breaths in and out, allowing yourself to receive the benefits of this practice letting them settle into the body. And when you're ready, you can let your eyes open. And it might be helpful to write down 
a few of your insights. You may even want to write yourself a letter about your current struggle as if you were talking to a dear friend facing the same concerns. See if you can write from your heart. So let's take a moment now to draw this session to a close, to reflect on the key takeaways that we want to reinforce and encode in our long-term memory. Some gold nuggets might include to be your own ally or to treat yourself as you would treat a dear friend. So breathing in this key takeaway. And as you're ready, taking a moment to thank yourself for dedicating your time and attention to these practices.